tastes delicious. <laughs> and it keeps you a nice and trim. <laughs> You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 71. We have another guest this week. Yeah, We're just racking up the guests lately. Yay. Today we have Dina Kudliski. Kudliki. Dang it. But do it the Polish way. Kudliski. There we go. <laughs> You've got like right in the middle ground. I know. <laughs> we met Dina at uh, Girls Gone RX. Mm-hmm. And uh, Claire's been she, talking about her ever since. Yeah, she's the one who I keep saying that I would give her my firstborn child to make my hips feel as good as she did the first day I met her. Yeah. <laughs> this was the gal when after I got in that car wreck and I got my x-ray to make sure that I wasn't about to do Girls Gone RX with a broken back because that's how I felt. And I, we were going to the squat workout, and I was like, I got to do something about this. And so some, I think it was, I forget who somebody had had gone to her tent and was like, you have to go see this, this lady. Yeah. And within 10 minutes, she, like, popped my hip through, like, was, like, throwing me around the table. Yeah. I got up, and I seriously felt like I was, like, walking on a cloud. And yeah. then I totally, you know, went all the shit 10 minutes later when I went and squatted, like, 300 times. But those 10 minutes were just amazing. Glorious. <laughs> Um, yeah, you feel like you're being thrown around and manhandled on a table, and then you're like, this is amazing. You don't feel that way. That's a, that's what's happening. Yeah, that's actually what's happening. Yeah, so um, we, we more or less fell in love with her at Girls Gone RX, and then we're like, yeah. we've see, both seen her individually, and now we're having her on the podcast, because I feel like she has a lot of interesting and important things to talk about, especially because you know CrossFit, and you know the woman's body. <laughs> So, um, talk a little bit about yourself and your history, because I know you have a nutrition background as well, and just tell the listeners who you are and how you came to Voxfit, Denver. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Um, a little giddy, uh, <laughs> and a little nervous, so, you know, it'll, I might be a little awkward. No. <laughs> um, well, you like, came to the right place. That's the game. It's, it's good all, company. It's good company. We are all awkward. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, you know, I I have had a long and winding road to get to where I am now. Uh, I started out actually in the natural grocers business um, at Whole Foods Market about, oh, probably going on 12, 13 years ago, uh, and I found my way into their nutrition and supplement department, and it completely changed my life. Yeah. Um, it changed the way I ate, um, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years so ago. So you were that per- person walking around the natural, like the supplements, exactly. and be like, hey, mm-hmm. do you have questions? And then I'm yep. like, yes, which vitamin C do I need, or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. was me, and I, I grew up in the South, um, yeah. and 20 years ago, I was the cigarette-smokingest, Taco Bell-eatingest, mellow yellow drinkingest <laughs> person you ever met. Yeah! Um, yeah, and then mellow I... Yellow, wow. Oh, mellow yellow. Yeah, that was that was my that was my kryptonite. <laughs> um, and you know, I it completely changed my life over the course of the next three to five years. Um, I I quit smoking. I quit eating fast food. I quit drinking soda. Um, and I moved towards an extremely healthy lifestyle. And I will be forever grateful to that yeah. world for giving me that. No, is it because you were transferred to that specific job and you were like, oh, I really, I'm learning so many things or were there, was it just like a, oh, I feel like shit and I need to change. It was thing. a combination of yeah. both. Um, I actually went and got a job at that store because okay. I was really young. I was like 19, 20. Yeah. Um, and all the people that worked there were really cool yeah. and I wanted to work there. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, that's how we all feel about Yeah. Everyone's yeah. there is really cool. I mean, you have really cool hair, so you yeah, probably thanks. fit right in. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, uh, back then I was not this cool. Uh, hence why I got the job there because yeah. I needed I needed to make that shift. I need to but, be cool. Can I work at Whole Foods? <laughs> yeah, and well, part of it was I had my kids. Yeah. Um, and when I had my kids, uh, I realized that I didn't want them to grow up the same way I did. So yeah. that whole period was a, a huge period of transition. And over the next hmm, seven or eight years, I stayed on that career track. Uh, and then it went horribly awry um, about five and a half years ago because I got thrust into a leadership position and just wasn't ready to be there. So I quit. Yeah. <laughs> and I decided to change careers. Yeah. And I went to the National Personal Training Institute of Colorado. Uh, and because I just thought, like, you know, I really want to help people, but natural health kind of freaks people out sometimes, you know, like herbal health or naturopathy, because that was my first instinct. Um, and I became a certified natural health professional, a CNHP. And that was kind of a precursor to becoming a naturopath. Okay. And I started um, a very casual practice with that, and people were really weirded out by natural yeah. medicine. And they still are. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's like half and half camps, but yeah, right. it's an interesting, it's an interesting world. So I decided to go into fitness because I figured everybody wants to look better, feel better and have a tighter ass. Yeah. Um, and I figured I could get all of the other nutrition and health stuff in under the radar as a trainer. Um, and so I went to MPTI and I graduated with honors yes. <laughs> score. Uh, and I refused to go work at a gym. Uh, because every trainer I know who works at a gym gets paid next to nothing um, yeah. and they don't have control over their schedule or how they train. And so I went out on my own independently and uh, got a lot of experience working with people and learned a lot. And I started doing CrossFit yeah. um, and fell in love with the community. Who, who introduced you to CrossFit? Uh, my husband actually introduced mm -hmm. me to CrossFit. It was We talked a little bit about it in school. Uh -huh. um, it was right when CrossFit was exploding. Um, and it was becoming more mainstream and people knew what it was. And so we discussed it a little bit here and there while I was in school. Um, and then actually one of the electives I took, uh, was a kind of a CrossFit themed elective when I was in school and we learned Olympic lifting and kettlebells. Um, it's sweet. It's a sweet elective. Yeah. It was a sweet elective and learned how to work with battle ropes and, and a lot of those tools that you see in CrossFit and I fell in love with it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm kind of a balls to the walls person, yeah. you know. I just I love it. Yeah. And so my husband joined um, Anchor CrossFit out in Reunion, Colorado, uh, technically Commerce City, but the neighborhood is Reunion. Mm -hmm. um, and he absolutely fell in love with it because the coaches there and the owner there are just incredible, um, Tony and Jesse, and they are fantastic. They have a really great attention to form and detail and safety. Um, and so my husband thought, oh, you'd really like this. Like you should come check it out. So I went and checked it out, did a wad, fell in love, got hooked, you know. Drink the Kool-Aid. Drink the Kool-Aid. Absolutely yeah. drink the Kool-Aid. Um, but unfortunately for me, um, I have some injuries in the past and I, I'm not functional enough through my shoulder and my hips uh, to be able to do the Olympic lifting. And over the course of three months, I developed some injuries. Um, and that was actually a beautiful thing uh, because even though I had to take a step back from CrossFit, um, I learned a lot about CrossFit and how fun it is and how mm -hmm. easy it is, mm -hmm. um, but also about the movements that people do. And, and it allows me to work with clients better. But through those injuries, um, I discovered fascial stretch therapy um, and it made me feel so much better. And it helped my injuries so much that 
I decided to go through the training myself. And that's how I got into fascial stretch. So like I said, very long, winding road. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And takes a while to explain. But and it was fascial stretch. You, re- you received it through your injuries. And then you're like, what is this? I need to know more. Exactly. Yeah. And I've always been kind of a fascial nerd. Um, about probably when I was working at Whole Foods towards the end of that, I got really injured um, in my shoulder. Um, and I was unable to like even hold a fork from using like the order guns. Oh, wow. Because um, yeah. they're heavy. Mm-hmm. And I was running a department by myself. And so I was doing all the orders you know, like five days a week, um, you know, twice a day. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a lot on my wrist and my shoulder. Yeah. And I used to kayak when I was younger and I've had some really nasty falls. Uh, and I've been in a lot of car wrecks and had whiplash about eight times. And so eight times, yeah, (laughs) it's a lot. I'm lucky that I still have a neck. Um, but you know, over the years, those cumulative injuries, um, have caused a lot of problems for me. And so towards the end of that whole foods experience, I got really injured and I couldn't even hold a fork. Um, I was unable to work, uh, and I found this incredible massage therapist, uh, named Stephanie Sana. I have to give her a shout out. Um, she is in Brighton, Colorado. And if anybody wants her info, I'm happy to pass it along. Uh, I call her the body whisperer and she's one of my mentors, uh, but she is a biodynamic myofascial therapist. Okay. Um, and so through working with her and the changes that happened in my body, uh, by working with the fascia, I became obsessed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, and, when and that's where the story began. That is where the story truly began. You and Fascia. Yeah, me and Fascia, the love Sitting affair. Sitting in a tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a love affair um, because Fascia is so wicked cool. Yeah. I mean, it is just, it's like magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Stephanie introduced me to that. And then, um, you know, Justin Willis of Teamwork Colorado uh, introduced me to Fascial Stretch. And he did a lot of amazing work on my body, helped me recover um, and actually kept me in CrossFit for a few more months before I decided to take the step back. Um, but, you know, he was able to deal with some of my chronic pain and my chronic injury and and help me recover. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing that I found was the functional movement system, okay. um, which is the type of training that I do that I specialize right, in. Right, that you specialize yeah. in. So yeah. talk a little bit about why someone would go get fascial stretch. Uh, so therapy, I, is that what you call it? Yeah. Therapy. Fascial stretch therapy, yeah. certified fascial stretch therapy. Um, and you know, I, I see people from all walks of life. Yeah. I have 75 year old clients who just want to move better. Um, I have CrossFitters, uh, who are dealing with shoulder issues that are stopping them from, you know, it's the only thing between them and a 300 pound snatch, you know, <laughs> and they're like, I need to come see you. Um, and then I've got, you know, people who just want to be able to do better yoga. Um, and have more range of motion. Uh, I have one lady with rheumatoid arthritis, um, and over the course of three months, she was able to gain range of motion she hadn't had in 10 years. So it's a really broad range of people that yeah. I see. And when you were there on Girls Gonna Rex Day, what was the, was there any one common thing that you saw most of or complained about? Yeah, so a lot of people um, either wanted me to work their shoulders or their hips. And those are the two most common things I see, especially in CrossFit. Uh, So we see shoulder mobility and shoulder functional movement pattern issues, um, and also in the hips. So a lot of times people will run into, um, like their shoulders just don't work right. So they're doing, you know, push presses or thrusters, 
and they have shoulder pain and they don't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like those people will end up on my table. Mm -hmm. Um, and through the functional movement end of things, we can help identify the weak links and, and is it, work on that. Is it pretty individual what those weak links are? So are you, individual. Okay, because I was going to make you go into that, but if it's individual, I won't. It's so, really individual, yeah. but at the same time, uh, there are really common ones that I see. So it's probably three versus one. Um, you've got shoulder mobility um, stability. Then you've got hip and pelvic mobility stability. And you have core stability. Um, and those are the three most common things, and they're kind of a domino effect. When something's off with the hips, most often with clients, I will see somebody who has a hip issue, and it's paired with a shoulder issue. Mm -hmm. And that is connected by the core. And so when one of those things is off, it will throw like two or three other things off. Mm -hmm. But the most common movement pattern dysfunction I see is hip and shoulder. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then because when I went and saw you too, I, we talked a lot about how my hips were really the way they are. I don't know if it's like shaped, but just how I stand mm -hmm. is not very optimal for squatting heavy. And I remember you're like, you should just probably not be squatting. And I was like, really? <laughs> and that's really hard. It was hard to hear, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense because I'm like, Ever since I started CrossFit, I just have a crappy squat stance and I can do all the sitting like in like duck position or whatever, like the duck waddle and do the duck walk and do every special type of stretch I can. But I feel like that is just not an optimal position for me. Right. And that's what I run into a lot. And I never tell a CrossFitter to stop squatting um, <laughs> or to stop snatching or push pressing. But, but I was, I know it's hard to do. For yeah. CrossFit. But I was also like... I mean, and I say this to anyone who's treating me, I'm like, hey, if you tell me that this is like really going to screw me up in 10 years, like I will be mindful of that and I will listen right. to your advice. But I can't remember what it was you told me. I think it was more like, just be aware that you're, you could probably do it, but I don't know if it was like, it, is that going to lead to further injuries like down the road? Yeah. Like so, push it too much? So what happens? breaking down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, it's such a good point to make because what happens a lot of times in fitness is, and this is a functional movement system concept. Um, it's very different from traditional fitness. So traditional fitness, basically you're working on building more power, building more strength. And that's a very common theme in CrossFit as well, uh, which isn't bad. Um, it can be really fun and it can give you a lot of gains. But if you have a dysfunction, in your movement pattern and you stack fitness on top of dysfunction, you strengthen the dysfunction. So in functional movement, a lot of times what we will ask you to do is to actually step away from a movement pattern like the squat or the lunge or the push press uh, for a few weeks. Um, and if you can't step away from it for a few weeks, at least decrease the load and work on the movement pattern um, outside of the box. Uh, before you go in for a wad every day, making sure that you're working corrective exercises that retrain your movement patterns. Because if you can do that, you can do those movements much safer mm -hmm. and you'll be able to do them much longer and until you're like 60. Right. You know, right. I want you to be squatting, snatching, thrusting, everything until you are like 70. Mm -hmm. And if you have a dysfunctional movement pattern, you're not going to be able to do it that long. You're going to get injured. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's just... 
it's kind of a functional movement fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you can argue with it and say it's not true, but I see it all the time. Yeah. I see it all and, the time. You know, CrossFit is a, you probably you know this, just CrossFit's <coughs> a really bad reputation for people doing improper form and hurting themselves because they're trying to do crazy movements really fast and, or lifting up heavy load when they have really crappy form. Right. So, you know, our argument all the time is you can do yoga poses improper and hurt yourself. I'm sure. Absolutely. You know? So it's it's not specific to. Yeah, you can hold a uh, what, what was it, an order gun. Right. You can right. You can hurt yourself, yourself yeah. with an order gun. I did. I did yeah. a scan gun. You know, and I, that is probably the biggest um, knock that I hear on CrossFit all the time. Um, the reason that CrossFit I think gets that rap is because Olympic lifting um, takes decades to develop proper form. Um, it is very complex movement. I'm a certified personal trainer through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, you know, that certification is very heavy focus on Olympic lifting and form. Um, what happens in CrossFit, and I think the reason people get injured, um, is that people aren't screened. They don't have to earn their way to a snatch, and you should. So, you know, there are some CrossFit um, boxes I know down, I believe in Austin, that incorporate the functional movement system. And I wish more CrossFit boxes would adopt it because I know there's one down in Austin and I can't remember the name of it right now. And I'm so sorry, uh, but it's a really, really big one in Austin. And they actually have a functional movement class that you have to complete before you can even do elements. Wow. And they so scream. So it's like pre-elements. It's like pre-elements. Stage one before you even start right. doing CrossFit. So what would they, give an example maybe a little bit of what they would be doing in the functional movement In functional class. movement. You yeah. know, I don't know what they do at that box, but yeah. if I were to have a functional movement yeah. class, you know, I would screen everybody individually. Um, it takes about 15 minutes to screen somebody. So like what you did with us of like, exactly. show me your squat and then mm -hmm. do your little split thing and yeah. yeah so when we do <laughs> the know, functional, that thing. yeah when we do the functional movement screen we have um about seven screens we check your deep squat which is essential to crossfit mm -hmm. we check your inline lunge so it's like a lunge but it's a lot harder because mm -hmm. we um make your base super narrow by putting your feet in a that was line. hard for me that yeah. one's really tough for a lot of people i fell over like three um, times <laughs> balance beam and then I was like ah. yeah yeah and we check your active straight leg raise which is basically you know laying on your back and lifting a leg and we look at how your body moves um yeah. and if there are any compensations yeah we check your trunk stability we check your shoulder mobility and we check the body for impingement this one I remember this one mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. you guys can't see me. I'm like reaching behind, almost like the you're one like, where you're like you have like a scratch in between your shoulder yeah. blades. You're trying to get it right. Well, great not visual, Claire. That was right. a great visual. You yeah. know, so that would be one of the first things I would do in any kind of functional movement class um, before elements is everybody would get screened. Um, and the beautiful thing about the screen and CrossFit is that we would identify any weak links that you have that are going to cause you to tear your shoulder or throw your back or sure. rip your hamstring. Yeah. Um, and, and those are the, those are kind of the same thing where you were advising me, like these are the, th these are the weak links that you have and be really careful with this. And then we're going to work on strength movements to strengthen, strengthen those weaknesses as much as possible. Right. And I can't you, make my hips go parallel. No, like, and, I can't do that. And, but and but <laughs> that is something I'm sorry. I'm going to interject on this one. <laughs> do not squat with your feet pointing straight forward <laughs> unless that is where your body naturally sits. So that is an old school mentality. Um, having your toes pointing forward and your hips, um, right over your feet. Uh, not everybody can squat like that. 
It's that's really me. important. I just talk about like there's yeah. no way my yeah. just your would, pelvis is not. It is so painful. And mm-hmm. a chiropractor once told me the same thing. She's like, "Don't do it. Your your hips can't. Like you just your your feet right. are gonna point out." And so like, you know, TJ's got a great squat stance, toes pointed forward. Knees he's are, also like, a man, and he's, he's a man. man. And that's really important. He does that's not actually, have birthing hips. It's <laughs> a key point. So women, especially, and a lot of men have an angle to their hips, and yeah. it's just the way your femur sits into the acetabulum. Sorry, it's my favorite <laughs> word to say, uh, which is basically your hip socket. It's the way your femur fits into that socket, and it's called the cute angle. Google it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. So there are actually not a ton of people that are meant to squat yeah. in that really rigid squat position yeah. um, functionally. It's <clears throat> yeah. like why yeah. some people have a thigh gap and other people, people don't. It has nothing to do with how thin your legs are and almost everything to do with where your hips are. Yeah. Exactly. Why your pelvis is. Crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I'm bow-legged, so my legs kind of go like this. And right. Like, Trust me, it's not because my legs are thin that my legs don't touch. It's because <laughs> I'm bow-legged. So... <laughs> Thigh gap is genetic. It's just, yeah. Yeah, we digress. I'm sorry. I don't even remember where we we had started on that. I think we were just talking about the weaknesses of like identifying the weaknesses and doing that class before they kind of stepped into the project. That's really interesting because, like, on the one hand, I think a lot of people, excuse me, I've had a frog in my throat for like 12 weeks. I feel bad. Claire's still coughing. I, so. Would you like some celestial seasoning tea? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Um, anyway. But I have a lot if you want some. Because oh, I don't have any in my house. My dad called me the other day. He's like, I'm going to the celestial seasonings. Do you need anything? I was like, we are pretty good. He's like, but do you want to give any as gifts? I was like, get me some, Dad. Do whatever you want to do. So my dad started celestial seasonings. And he, <laughs> like, every, he once a year goes. He, like, his, he sold it before I was born. And he's been divorced three times since then. So he doesn't, it's like, he's not like rolling in the celestial seasonings dough, but he does the one caveat he had when he sold it was that he would get free tea for life. Oh, that genius. Right. Totally genius. So he goes like once a year to the warehouse and just gets all his tea. Anyway. Where's my tea? <laughs> hey, oh, I can bring you some tea. I have so much tea. Oh, I can bring you tea. Oh, that's um, so funny. Anyway, that was a big deal. I just want to see him like roll up and be like, I'm here. With a sweater vest With on. pallets. Pallets of tea. <laughs> it is Prius. Sweater vest on. The sweater vest. My dad wears a sweater vest every day. Oh, like in the summer, he has a sweater vest. Nice. Yeah. He just in channeling his inner Arnold Palmer at yeah. all times. It's amazing. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I don't even remember what we were going to talk about. Yeah, I was, we're talking oh, about the CrossFit country. and yeah. duh. <laughs> 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 we never talk about CrossFit <clears throat> about the functional movement screening. Oh my gosh, CrossFit. <laughs> so I think it's interesting because I think on the one hand. People like CrossFit gets you know, like sort of the the reputation that they wanted to have is that it's for everybody. Anyone can do CrossFit. It's not. That's the thing. And like you have people like I had somebody once in one of my classes dislocate his shoulder doing a PVC pass through. Yeah. And it freaked me. Like, I'm so freaked. And I had you know I kind of had talked to him like we've been chatting beforehand and he was doing overhead pass throughs with a bent elbow and I sort of just made a general like hey you know try to keep your arms straight as you do this it's gonna give you a better stretch and as soon as I made that cue his shoulder popped out. Right. I was like, you need to say something. <laughs> but at the same point, you know, like it totally freaked me out as a coach. Like this person, he was just talking about like how he's the captain of his indoor soccer team and he's always been active and like nothing looking at him would have made me think like this right. guy cannot move. Right. And I'm almost glad that it happened when it did because the wad that day was like a bear complex, like heavy, you know, like, and if he had, you know, tried to put a barbell over his head, he probably would have dropped the barbell on his head. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. So it's just interesting to like think about having like a pre pre screening of like, there are some people who you might just say, listen, this is probably not for you. You know, you need right. to go get, or it, the, this might be for you, but you need one-on-one all the time. Right. Well, not even, not even that, but you know, it's, <clears throat> it's amazing because you could take somebody, you know, say you take somebody, they do the functional movement screen. Mm-hmm. We learn through the functional movement screen that it's really not safe for them to be doing a push press because their shoulders don't work properly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, doing a push press with a bar, the positioning, like the Olympic weightlifting, those things put your body in very compromised positions Mm -hmm. um, where if you don't have the technique or the stability or mobility to properly move through that range of motion and you add, you know, 40 pounds on either side of the bar and you add that load to it, you're asking for an injury. It may not happen this week. It may not happen next week. It may not happen six months from now, Mm -hmm. but a year from now, you're going to be out of commission. So if you have a screen with somebody, you know, I, CrossFit is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. And I love that about CrossFit, you know, and I'm seeing so many boxes start to think differently about how they have their clients moving and their mm-hmm. athletes moving. You know, you could take somebody who can't do a snatch right. and you could give them an alternate exercise with a kettlebell that's going to kick their ass just as much yeah. and it's going to work within their capability of functional movement. Right. And so maybe be working on structuring or on strengthening that muscle group so that later on down the road, they could right. build that pattern. Right. And well, and then the other thing too, is that in functional movement, I love that you just said strengthen that muscle group mm-hmm. um, because this is something that functional movement looks at completely completely different. We do not view the body as individual muscles or muscle groups working in isolation. Um, The body is this incredible biological machine. And when you look at the fascial system, Mm -hmm. it's all connected. So my favorite illustration of how it's all connected and the body works as one big unit of a thousand pieces working in unison is that you have a line of fascia, the connective tissue called the superficial back line. And that line of fascia starts, everybody reach down, <laughs> touch your big toe underneath, underneath. on the bottom of your foot. Okay. Everyone's okay? doing that. Every, everybody do all that the, at home. All the listeners at home. <laughs> okay. Especially if you're in the middle of a, of a jog right now. Stop yes. what you're doing. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Um, please try this at home. It's my disclaimer. Um, so you're touching that big toe and all of your other toes. Now run your fingers up the bottom of your foot. Run them up the back of your heel, right? That's your plantar fascia, your Achilles tendon, right? Yeah. Run it up the back of your calf, up the back of your thighs, across your booty, which is fantastic because you do CrossFit, (laughs) up your back, up the back of your neck, over the top of your head, and stop right on your forehead. Your third eye. On your eyebrows. That is where that line of fascia connects. So none of it's separate. None of it. It's all connected. So when you have um, a movement pattern dysfunction in your shoulder, that means you shouldn't be snatching with load. um, That could be originating in your feet Hmm. um, or it could be originating in your hips um, and it's connected. So, you know, that is one of the biggest differences. um, And I think it's one of those things that CrossFit could really benefit from if they utilize that concept that it's, it's not your quads that are the problem. It's not your glutes that are the problem. Although sometimes it is your glutes because your butt doesn't work. Um, and we can talk about that. But it, it sometimes it's it's a movement pattern. Yeah. Um, and that a lot of that starts in your brain. And it would take, <clears throat> I mean, not like, you know, just because you took the CrossFit level one, you know, whatever, you're not going to look at someone and be like, oh, 
your your shoulder is doing a funny thing. I bet it's your knees. Right, like there's right. No way, you know that you would. That's probably... why I'm so full of awesome with all the education <laughs> that I've had. So I mean, a lot of that background gives me a lot. But I'll tell you right now, CrossFit coaches and Olympic weightlifting coaches, they have a they have a much deeper understanding of Olympic weightlifting than I ever will um, yeah. because that's not my specialty, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I think we all just need to get along. We yeah. need to work together. Everybody play nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's so important. It's kind of uh, an aha moment for me because I'm like, really, everyone goes to CrossFit to get really get strong and uh, mm-hmm. And so I think if they did take that into consideration and added that pre-pre-class <laughs> to kind of find people's weaknesses, I think, like, wouldn't you think that what if, what if they were like, though, well, you really aren't made for CrossFit. You shouldn't be doing it. I mean, go do some yoga. I mean, I don't know. That just would. Yeah. So this is this is where it becomes a little sticky um, yeah. for CrossFitters and functional movement. And this is why we fight. I don't fight. Um, <laughs> but this is why a lot of times you see huge disagreements from the CrossFit camp and the functional movement camp when it doesn't have to be that way. So, sure. like, you know, your squat is not super functional. And it makes me nervous that yeah. you're throwing over a hundred pounds on your squat, yeah. especially overhead. Yeah. Um, but you know, I know that it is my job as a body worker, a healer and a functional movement professional to meet people where they are. Now I'm going to tell you what I think, uh, but it doesn't always necessarily mean you can't squat. It just means you need to add some stuff to your warm up. Mm-hmm. You need to add some stuff to your cool down and you need to do a little bit of extra work at home and see where you land in six weeks. Um, and maybe back off your squat a little bit, mm-hmm. lighten your load. Um, maybe just work functional movement patterns instead of doing your squat or maybe pick up a kettlebell and do a different exercise. Yeah. Um, and it's not always long term. Now there are some people who will never be safely able to do CrossFit. Because I think of like, okay, so for me, the reason why more weight is better is PRs. And that's kind of how the CrossFit community scores everything. So it's a little bit of retraining progress, right? So it's kind of like changing my brain to think that, all right, well, I'm just being safe this way if I'm backing off my weight because my body just can't do that. Um, but it's like a big ego check. It's a big ego check for sure. Have this moment of like, well, my body is just not built for that. Mm -hmm. The thing that I always try to like, compare it to is like, I would love to be taller, but there is nothing that I could do to make that's myself great, taller. That's a great way to put it. And it's like, there, it. like there's some things that are about your body that are just like that. And you just have to accept and work and like work around it. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. never going to be taller. Yeah. So what can I do other than, you know, other than obsess about other than yeah. hang up by my ankles, you know, from my ceiling or whatever, like instead of, I don't know. Yeah. You know, doing functional movement makes you a better athlete. Um, you know, if you have a squat that you struggle with or your back spasms every time you do a deadlift and you come into functional movement and we find your weak link and we step back for six weeks, mm-hmm. yeah, it may hurt your ego a little bit, but I'll tell you one of the first clients I had, um, she couldn't do a deadlift without her back spasming. Um, she came and saw me for one session. Um, I didn't even do fascial stretch on her cause we only had a short amount of time, but I showed her that her glutes weren't firing properly, so she was driving from her lumbar even though she didn't feel it. And this is an accomplished CrossFit athlete. She's incredible, like possibly set up to go to the games Mm -hmm. in the next couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we did, I gave her corrective exercise to get her glutes working, to get her movement pattern to drive from the hip instead of the lumbar. And I didn't see her for two months. I ran into her two months later and she, dropped what she was doing and was like, holy crap, two weeks ago, I did a deadlift 
for the first time ever, my back didn't spasm. Um, and so it's just simple. It was like three or four corrective exercises yeah. that I had her <clears> throw <throat> into her warmups. Yeah. Well, like when I, after the first time I came to see you, I've been crossfitting for two and a half years, three years almost. And I had never once hit my power position. And I just thought, I just, you know, made like, I never once like actually made that contact. And I just thought I'm not, I don't, you know, maybe I'm just not like built, you know, my legs are, my femurs are long, you know, whatever it is. I was like making up all of these reasons why I just wasn't ever going to hit it. You know, it was just sort of a guideline, Mm -hmm. not like this is what you really need to be doing. And I did one like before, so I came and saw you, you gave me like all these things to do to make, to turn my butt on. And like turn your butt on, turn, turn it on, turn it on, turn on that booty, turn it on. <laughs> and I did them for like you know 15 minutes before I lifted the next day, and for the first time ever, after 15 minutes, I hit my power position, and I was like, no way! <laughs> Congratulations! This is just like apparently I just was never using my butt, and I had no idea. <laughs> that's because your body is like this wicked cool like machine, you know, that does a whole lot of things without you even knowing it. Yeah. Um, and you know, releasing fascial lines of fascial pull um, can affect your your positioning so much. You know, if you if your lateral line of the fascia is pulling on one side and not the other, then your stance is completely asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. But because your body is a sneaky, 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 a sneaky, sneaky, yeah, uh, it hides it from you. Yeah, um, and especially people who are elite athletes, especially mm-hmm. people who do really complex things like CrossFit. Your body is like, yo, 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 don't let her know what's going on. Let's pull in the hamstrings, even though it's supposed to be glutes. (laughs) She'll never notice and we won't get fired, you know? And so that's what happens. Your body hides it from you. Yeah. Um, And functional movement brings it into the light. So let's, let's go back because I really need to like nail this into my brain about how we can just shift our thinking from everyone needs to get to this benchmark and to hit PRs because that's how it is in CrossFit. Like Mm -hmm. we need to instead be thinking of taking care of our bodies. Like how can you rephrase that for me to where I can like lock it in my head? You know, I, Gray Cook is the developer of the functional movement system. Like, of course he didn't create it. He's a physical therapist, but he put it in really usable terms, um, and a really easy to understand way, uh, for all of us professionals. But he says first move well, then move often, you know, functional movement. It is about moving well into your eighties. It's not about getting that one big lift. It's about getting your body being functional and then strong. Um, and I think that that could help people who are into CrossFit so much because you guys want to be ninjas. Yeah. You know, totally. and they actually like in this, in the level one, like they do talk, you know, they teach that where it's like consistency before load. And I think that everyone walks out of that room and just forgets that. Yes. And it's like, if you have I've never heard that. Yeah. Right. I've never heard that. Right. I've like, never I've heard never that. Heard I've never heard that. Coaches they, being they, like, they actually talk really, like they talk about that in the year level one. They're like consistency before load. You know, you need to have someone. Don't add can, fitness on top of dysfunction. Yeah. Like you can't be loading some weight on somebody. Who, and sometimes, you know, just from a coaching standpoint, giving someone a little bit of load can have, can give a, someone a light bulb oh, yeah. in a movement pattern. Like if you're having somebody do it with a PVC or even an empty bar, if they're so strong that it doesn't matter how sure. they're moving, yeah. but not, you know, but that's very different than putting them in a one rep max situation right. when, you know, they're just all over the place. Well, I'll tell you, when I work with kettlebells with my clients, I give them a heavy, heavy kettlebell. It is, you don't give them like the three pounder baby rattle, mm-hmm. you know, you give them like 24 pound kettlebell um, because... 
Otherwise, they can't feel it in their body. So I agree with you. I think, you know, some load is good. Yeah, because I think we're talking about the point of not doing something that's, like, pretty light where you can just do that all day long, but to that, mm -hmm. like, that push point where it's like, okay, when do I take the next step of going heavier? Well, or... and, like, when does it become really obvious that if I was doing this correctly, I could, I am strong enough, or, you know, like, whatever. If I was doing this correctly, I could do it with this amount of weight, so I must be doing it incorrectly. You know, it's like every time, you know, people always talk about their... Olympic lifts, like, well, I can front squat, you know, 140 pounds, but I can only clean 115 pounds. So where is that? Like, you know, I like my strength is there, but you know, to, to stand it up, but my movement yeah. pattern and, you know, to like, right. but to put it in terms of that, like PR, it's, you know, then maybe, you know, we're talking about sort of, okay, step way, way back. Maybe you don't even be doing 115, you know, think about like, get to a point where, you know, maybe at 85 or 90, where it's not like a 65 pound clean where you're just like reverse curling right it. off the ground right yeah. right right and that reverse curl is something we see all the time um <laughs> yeah. and you know I, that's where finding a functional movement professional uh mm -hmm. it is just invaluable because you know even one session and going through and figuring out where your weak links are makes a huge difference well maybe just reframing like what does a pr look like to you I mean, like what is a pr to you is it right. the heaviest weight you can do or is it the best movement you can do right should be best movement yeah, yeah. best movement yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, you know, so the mentality, I'm just like kind of mad at myself right now. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people aren't going to have access to a functional movement professional or a fascial stretch therapist. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are some really kind of simple ways to kind of do self-assessment and ask yourself if maybe you have one of those weak links. Well, you that's know? a great segue. Cause I think that was one of our questions, um, is to talk about that. Is there something that our listeners, people listening can kind of test for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, of course, because I am one, I'm going to say finding a functional movement professional is your number one line of defense. So do you just go online and Google functional movement therapy? You can actually go to um, functionalmovement.com and they have a directory of oh, practitioners and people who are certified. So I highly recommend... Functionalmovement.com. Functionalmovement.com. Um, it might be functionalmovementsystems.com, but it's one or the other. Okay. Um, and you can just Google functional movement and it's usually the first thing that comes okay. up. Uh, you know, but if you can't find access to one of those people, um, there are a couple really just simple things. First of all, you live in your body. Okay. Um, ask yourself when you're doing a movement, does this hurt? Yeah. Number one, if it hurts, you've got some dysfunction. <laughs> like, hate to break it to you. Okay. There's something wrong. Hmm. Um, Weird. Yeah. You know. And it is functionalmovement.com. It is. Awesome. Perfect. Um, the other day I was, I was coaching someone and he was made some comment. I was like, well, I'm not the one in your body. And he was like, that's a really weird way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. You know what I mean. Do you want to be inside my body? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, you know, but there, there are a couple of things that, um, you know, even being at a CrossFit competition, I can spot dysfunction, mm -hmm. um, and a couple easy Do ways. Do you just like want to cover your eyes sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, Girls Gone Rx saw some of the most beautiful squats I've ever seen in my life. Like stuff oh. where my jaw was just on the floor and I was like, <laughs> I just want to videotape that and watch it again speaking of things and again to say, no. <laughs> yeah um and then there were some squats it's doing something to me no no yeah <laughs> then there were some squats that i saw and i was just like look away look yeah. away they're gonna they're gonna throw their back out or rip their hamstring right um, now well there yeah. were there were two girls in that competition who like one of the girls during the squatting portion was on wasn't that like a team that went in the heat before us 
and the girls afterwards were like her, the, her other two team members were like running around trying to find like someone like a spectator. She, I think she came and saw me, and I didn't have um, an opening. Yeah. Um, and she had thrown her back out. Yeah. Yeah. She was really injured. She yeah. was hobbling around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a couple of really easy ways to maybe ask yourself if you have that dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Uh, look in the mirror. Um, and look at your body. And tell yourself, no, I'm <laughs> tell yourself that you are full of awesome. Yeah. And also maybe some dysfunctional. <laughs> uh, but you know, look in the mirror. Um, a couple things that I see really commonly in body composition that are red flags for me, um, especially in women, um, extremely overdeveloped traps. Um, if you look like you are Batman and you got, you got the bat wing going on between your shoulders and your neck, um, that might be an indicator. And you're not sitting at home doing hundred pound dumbbell shrugs all day. Right. (laughs) Um, right. Um, because when you have improper shoulder function, um, and your shoulders aren't working right, what happens is, is that your trapezius muscles, um, will be helpers. Um, and they will get very overdeveloped. Uh, when I was in CrossFit, I had the bat wing. <laughs> I looked like a man um, because I had these huge traps, mm-hmm. and it was because my shoulders did not work. And they were out, in, like you're saying, huge out of proportion with the rest. Oh, of out of proportion. Yeah. Oh, out of proportion. Yeah. I had these like huge traps. Um, and I know in CrossFit with Olympic lifting, you are doing um, a lot of shrugging. In right. Your traps are going to get big, but maybe not ginormous in comparison to everything else. You don't want them to be ginormous. Yeah. Um, if if they are, it's usually a red flag for me that I need to look at shoulder function. Um, the other thing for the lower body and the hip, uh, if there's some hip dysfunction or maybe your glutes aren't firing properly, uh, you know, look in the mirror. Do you have extremely overdeveloped quads? Um, you know, are your quads like way bigger than your butt? Mm -hmm. Are they way bigger than your hamstring? Are your legs look really imbalanced? See, that's funny because I think like, when you know, kind of one of the big things that we've identified with me is that I don't use my glutes Mm -hmm. and yet my butt is by far the like the largest part in my lower body anatomy <laughs> right and it's not a one-size-fits-all right like it's, not it's, like a, it's usually sure. it's one of those things it's part of the big picture mm-hmm. um you know look because when your glutes don't work properly a lot mm-hmm. of times you're going to be driving your squat with your quads yeah. and your knee extension when your primary driver should be your hips mm-hmm. um and so it's just it's one of those things it's part of the puzzle yeah uh so it's not it doesn't necessarily you might just have genetically really big quads right. you know um and that could be, a, a, but it could be, you know, it could be something like, um, maybe your butt doesn't work. Uh, you know, there are a couple really easy kind of like at home tests that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really great book. It's a, there have been some changes to his philosophy, but it's written by Gray Cook. It's called Athletic Body in Balance. Um, and it has self-assessments in it that you can do um, that are somewhat similar to the functional movement screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only caveat with that is it's really difficult to be objective about your own body. Right. So, you know, having an FMS professional, of course, you're going to get the most objective kind of look at how your body moves. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, find a buddy. You know, mm-hmm. have somebody who will watch you go through the movements in athletic body imbalance mm-hmm. um, because it's going to check your you know, ability to stand on one foot. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you balance on one foot with your eyes closed? Um, If you can't for more than a couple seconds, you might have a stability issue. Um, You know, can you touch your toes? Great self-assessment. If you cannot touch your toes, listen very carefully, you have no business deadlifting with load. 
you are going to tear something mm-hmm. um, and it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it just is. Um, yeah. You know, that toe touch, great self-assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, single leg stance, great self-assessment. Um, there are so many things that you can do to just kind of like, do you feel really tight in your thoracic um, spine? That's your middle back, right around your ribs. Um, if you're a lady, right around the boobage area, like maybe a little underneath. Bra. Yeah, where your bra is. Like, do you feel <clears throat> really tight there? Um, if you are really tight there, um, something's out of whack. Uh, your thoracic spine is meant to be extremely mobile. Um, and if you're super tight in your thoracic spine, um, you cannot extend your thoracic spine to do something like an overhead squat properly. Or a kip. Or, or a kip, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so those are all really great things. Like, you live in there, man. Just mm-hmm. ask yourself those yeah. questions. Become body aware about your own body. So yeah. then, though, if you, because before you were saying, you know, there's really no such thing as, like, a single muscle or muscle group in right. terms of treating. So, like, if you, you're sitting here being like, yeah, you're, you're right. I do, you know, my thoracic spine is really... Um, tight or I do have ginormous quads and my butt is never sore and my quads are always with sore or whatever, you know, can you, as, you know, as just a person sitting at home, do you take any steps to try to help like figure out why that's happening rather than just be like, well, I've identified this issue and I still don't have a, a functional movement therapist anywhere near my house. Right. What can I do about it? Um, so I'll tell you right now that book, Athletic Body Imbalance, has mm-hmm. a lot of great tools in it okay. um, for kind of doing <clears throat> self-correction. Um, I am more than happy to make a wee video uh, for you guys that we can put up on Facebook mm-hmm. um, and just kind of give some basic stuff cool. to all your listeners. Um, you know, kind of ways to work on your glute activation, a couple ways to work on mobility through the thoracic. Um, you know, I'm happy to do that. That would be Fun. Yeah, we'd Yay. absolutely love to do that. I have a, a personal question because I want to see like an example of like what you would do for this. Because I um, was a long distance runner for years and mm-hmm. years and years and ran marathons and stuff. And then I started CrossFit. And then I'd say every two times out of five when I run, I which is not very often anymore, but um, <laughs> I don't run that much anymore. Like I'd say five to seven miles, let's say. I get, um, knee pain ah, and I never, and I don't run anymore. So it's almost like I run just enough, but I'm like, I used to run miles with no issues. And I actually trained for a marathon two years ago and I had to drop out and just do the half, which I made it through the half, but there's no way I would have been able to run the full. Um, and there was a part of me that kind of felt like it was correlating when, with whenever I was hip lifting heavy, Mm -hmm. that was the week that I would get. Like knee pain. It was almost like that muscle, like inside your knee where when you walk, it almost feels like it's going like this. You know what I mean? So, uh, the pain that you got in your knee, was it medial in the, in the inside of the knee inside. or was it, mm-hmm. um, lateral on inside. the outside of the knee? Mm-hmm. So I have to be perfectly honest, any body worker, functional movement professional, whatever, if I were to say that I know what is causing that, uh, I'm full of it. Uh, it's basically yeah. guesswork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, without doing a much more comprehensive assessment, yeah. um, like a physical therapist would do, like the SMFA, which yeah. is another branch of functional movement, um, and it goes a lot more into pain. Because a lot um, of people, for a while, like I see a couple of docs, and they're like, "Oh, it's your IT band." And I'm like, I feel like that's such an let's old... talk about the IT band. <laughs> let's talk about the IT band. Let's talk about that. It's like a like a crap diagnosis. Like, right. just throw it in the <laughs> IT band. Tell you how with a cough that they have bronchitis. Like, yeah. well, thank yeah. you. So the IT band can absolutely pull on your knee, and it can hurt. There's also this really awesome muscle called um, 
the Sartorius. Um, and you can kind of say it like Notorious B.I.G. Notorious. Yeah, so that'll help you remember it. I like it. Um, And that one kind of comes around and wraps around the inside of the thigh and attaches um, right around the medial part of the knee. Um, So that could be it, too. There are so many things that it could be. Right. Um, And I won't even pretend to know what it is. Uh, But let's talk about that IT band. If you're at home right now, especially if you're on a run in your neighborhood, just raise your hand if you roll your IT band, um, and your neighbors will think you are really weird. Um, that you're raising your hand and running. My IT band I always do. Rolling. Let's talk about I that. I always do. Uh oh, I feel like I'm in trouble. You, um, you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it is actually not super good for you. Rolling your IT band hurts really bad, right? It does. It hurts like a mofo. Yeah, it hurts like a mofo. Yeah. Um, of course it does. So it's really tender, it hurts really bad, um, and it's not giving you a ton of benefit. Um, so let's, you know, the IT band I feel originates. I like have been lied to so much right now. <laughs> it's not. It's not that they lied to you. It's that they. So the science silly. changes. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, it changes slowly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 20 years ago, we were taught not to squat uh, past 90 degrees. Yeah. Uh, it was debunked. I think months or a year or so after that study came out. But everyone still is like, you're not supposed to go below your knees. Right. It's really bad for your knees. So the science changes. um, And this is one of those places where the science has changed. The the science behind fascial therapy um, and our understanding of the fascia, it's emerging, it is changing, and it is growing so much right now. Um, One of the things that we've learned about the fascia, especially the IT band, um, the IT band is basically, um, it's a tendon, right? It's this like big, huge band of connective tissue that's really dense. Um, And fascia uh, is, it's really flexible um, and it's, it's pliable, but it's also really strong. It's like biological fabric. Um, And when you've got these really dense areas, um, you have to kind of think about how they work. So your IT band comes out of your tensor fascia latte. Okay, <laughs> that'll help you remember that one. I have little jingles I for all these jingles muscles. with all these words. It's so I can see you like when you're sitting for a test, it's like Sometimes. making a note card. Tensor fascia latte. Yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> so it's tensor tensor fascia latte, um, and it is the TFL, um, and it's kind of up towards the top of your hip um, and on the side. That comes down, um, it, fascially, it's also connected to your glute medius, which is one of those things that stabilizes the hip mm-hmm. and also can lift your leg to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got that glute medius um, fascia line, you've got that TFL, they're all kind of connected, and they feed into this huge tendon called the TFL, um, or sorry, IT band, uh, but it comes from the TFL. Okay, so when that gets tight, People will get on these foam rollers, golf balls. I've seen lacrosse balls, oh, yeah. uh, PVC pipes. Yeah, uh, I'm guilty. I used to do it because yeah. I thought it helps. And then I went to school for fascial stretch therapy, and they yelled at all of us. <laughs> They're like, stop doing it. Stop having your clients do it. And the reason being is that TFL, it's not round like a rope. Wait, the TFL or the IT band? IT band, sorry. Okay. Um, apparently, I need brain glucose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've got that IT band. It's it's not round. A lot of people think of it as like this round rope, okay. right? It's actually flat. Okay. And it's wide. Like a ginormous rubber band. Like a ginormous rubber band. Exactly. And so it's flat and it's wide. And when you roll on that, on a roller or whatever, like a, like a rolling pin, right? Like you're rolling out dough, right? You're rolling up and down on it. Um, when the body is under stress, it goes in. 
and it lays down fascia. It lays down what we call the collagen matrix, which is this protein substance that strengthens <laughs> tissue uh, to deal with stress. Before you move on, what was the example? Is this like the same one where you told me when I went to see you, you did something really funny about the little sea urchins that go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. your fascia, your fascia is <laughs> so great. It's like a little sea anemone. Yeah. So in fascial stretch, <laughs> we it's zero pain. <laughs> um, and in fascial stretch, if we get into a pain response, it, it acts just like a little sea anemone and it just pulls everything in. Kind of think of like a turtle. Yeah. It pulls into its shell because it's terrified. So your yeah. fascia gets really scared. That's right. That's what it was because you were like, it should, I know, I just did that too. I got really excited and almost fell over. Oh. Chairs are not really so like the the pain you said was like from one to three or something. Well, right? the, like because when you were stretching me, you said, "Are you at a?" Yeah. So in fascial stretch, we do a scale of one to three. three is yeah. what a lot of us do. I use it. So yeah. um, three is a maximum stretch, um, and when you get to a maximum stretch, it triggers something in the body called the stretch reflex. So that's what you're talking about, which makes you a little sea okay. Yeah, and it compresses everything okay. because it's a protective yeah. reflex. That's what I was laughing yeah. at. Okay, so go on with no. your other example. It's all right. About so the, the IT band. The IT band yeah. when. And you go in and you put all that stress on that fascia, that collagen matrix, that protein-heavy, you know, tendon. Uh, what does your body do when you put it under stress? It goes in and it lays down more collagen. So what do you think that does to an already tight IT band? Makes it tighter. Makes it tighter. Oh, great. It's like laying down scar tissue, right? So it, it's not super beneficial. The more beneficial thing for you to do would be to roll all the way around like your glutes. So and why doesn't that happen to your whole body? Uh, because it's the, it's kind of the shape of that shape IT of band. IT it's band. flat. Okay. So when so you, I could when roll my butt, you could roll your butt, man. Okay. Get a lacrosse ball. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting go. yelling cause I got yeah. really excited. Okay. Um, get, take <laughs> that lacrosse ball. Um, or if, if, if you're really tight and you're really tender, um, in all those booty muscles, yeah. um, you know, your glutes and you know, your <coughs> hamstring attachments. Your, so if you're really inner tight, and outer booty. inner my, and outer booty, it's my anatomy for the day. Everybody has outer booty. It's more important I have an about under your booty inner too. booty. I have like an inner booty and an outer booty and an under booty. Outer and under booty. I have a friend who calls it the underbutt or yes. the assalanche. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. That. Kendra, if you're listening, thank you so much. <laughs> it's really funny. That's amazing. the best term. Um, Asalanche. But so, you know, you've got that, you've got that IT mint and it's flat. So when you roll on it flat, it doesn't really do a whole lot of good. Um, but you can take that, you can use a tennis ball if you're super tender because it's not as hard. Um, and there's this really great thing at Big Five Sports in Colorado. It's called the Orb. And it is this blue foam ball that's slightly oval on one side, and then it's really round, so you can kind of turn it different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but that thing is my favorite self-fascial work tool on the planet. Really? And you just roll around on that? And you can, like, roll around on that. Um, and that is going to loosen up the tissue of your glutes, your TFL. You can use it in and the psoas, the iliacus, the orb. And what's different from that being different from a roller um so it's ball shaped uh -huh. um but it's a lot bigger in circumference and diameter than a lacrosse ball um and so it's not as hard it's got a little bit more give than mm -hmm. a lacrosse ball. I'm a lacrosse ball i feel like i'm like milking my lymph nodes yeah yes like, this is so intense yeah and you have to be really careful with that yeah. actually you don't want to be on 
your lips. You don't want to be milking your lip down. No. Like every, like I try to do it on like my, what is this? I like have nipples. Can you milk me? <laughs> Meet the parents. I do it on like my, like my inner, like my, try to get like my hip flexor. And I always feel like I'm like pushing my ovary. I think we talked about this before. That's not good. Are you touching my ovary? <laughs> If you want, I can kind of make, like, I'll bring the orb next time. And I'll bring the orb. I'll Let's bring the orb. milking things when we stretch. It's not, not milking anybody. We don't need um, lymph node antivenom. It's not milking. Oh, my God. That's amazing. You're not going to bite anybody, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't guarantee anything. Yeah. But, no promises. Know. No promises. Okay, yeah. so let's just finish up with there's any, um, did we cover that? Uh, just real, just real quick. Okay. Yeah, if you, if you roll around and you work on, um, opening up the tissue of your glutes and your hips and even your hip flexor and the top of your quads um, towards the inner part of the thigh, towards the outer part of the thigh, up around the top, you're going to end up loosening and getting some relief in that IT band um, without rolling on the actual, actual IT, IT band. band. Okay, yeah. that's great to know. Mm-hmm. I'm a little mad. <laughs> um, okay, and then just Here, really... So during that pain to just make it more painful. Yeah. Would you rather do the favorite stretches for... Because we have a question for favorite stretches for hard to reach places. Would you rather do that in a video? Or I would just, rather okay, do that do in a that. video. Trying to explain Sweet. it with words no, is yeah, like totally. trying to explain like yeah, the sound it. of. So if you guys are listening and you're yeah. thinking, oh, I my I think we're gonna go over um, ankles and hip flexors and maybe, and maybe low back mm-hmm. um, and then whatever else you can think of. But I know those were the three that everyone had kind of the most interest in on Facebook. Um, so. Go make sure to check out the video. Um, it'll be on YouTube, and it'll also obviously be we'll post it to our right. Facebook page. Yes, and then we can find Dina at VoxFit Denver, V O X F I T Denver dot com. Yeah, yeah. V is in Victor. Victor, I was gonna say Va Va Voom, but that's the only thing. V is in Vixen. Vixen, that's a better one. VoxFit Denver dot com. Is there any other place they can reach, or is that the main? Like, if they have questions, if listeners even have questions, to like email you or want to come see you if they live in Denver, if they're local. Yeah. yeah. So, um, honestly, if, if you are trying to get a hold of me, voxfitdenver.com is the best way. There's a form submission for contacting us. Uh, feel free, absolutely free to contact me through that. Um, and also too, just because it is so cool to be on the show and I feel, <laughs> I feel a little famous now. Um, hashtag you know, so famous. Is one of our favorites. So famous. <laughs> Um, you know, if, if you guys want to come see me, um, just mention girls gone wad, I will give you guys 15% off like as, as a thank you for supporting this awesome podcast. Yeah, that's Thank you. amazing. I'll hook you guys up. Yeah, get, get after it because, like I said, yeah, I, I probably said ten times like that. I will give you my firstborn child. Yeah, to like you better be ready to have another child. You better be ready because, for a You know, I can get a lot of money for child. children on the black market. I think Perfect. you can sell them for about fifty thousand dollars a piece. Absolutely. So that would be a great tip next time you <laughs> come in. Yeah, <laughs> fetus. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't want a fetus. Actually, that's no. weird. <laughs> I could milk your limp. <laughs> Just kidding, going down home. Like, <laughs> and that's the end of our show today. You guys are amazing. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was the about the coolest thing that has happened to me since I started my business. Well, it's really cool. How long has it been open? <laughs> Hashtag so famous. <laughs> All right, oh we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.